What's up, homies? I am Chris Tejas, and this is the Pure Ascent Podcast. Okay, so today uh, we're going to go a little off the cuff, I guess. Uh, I'm going off script. I don't have a script. Uh, I'm just kind of winging it, uh, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing when it's only your third podcast. But regardless, we're going to go for it uh, because I've been thinking a lot about a couple of key things the past little bit and they keep cropping up for me and I just find that every time something crops up enough uh, it means I have to explore it maybe I have some work to do in that area so um, it seems like the best way to do that work for me right now is to just kind of discuss it and uh, and hopefully it can be something that helps help some other people when they're thinking about it too so the things I've been thinking about are uh, cardinals at card door mirrors and being a failure. Those two things don't sound terribly related, uh, and the cardinal thing probably <laughs> just doesn't sound like anything. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that first. Um, in our neighborhood, there are cardinals everywhere. I don't know what happened this past year. There's just like the cardinals have moved in, which is really cool because they're obviously a very beautiful bird and they're fun to look at, and they have this gorgeous bird call that they make. And so I really like having cardinals around. One thing that I've noticed that they do that's really interesting is they'll go up to the, the car door mirrors and they'll kind of look at themselves in it and they'll peck at themselves and they'll flap at themselves and kind of fly away and then come back. And uh, I'll see them doing that. I'll see like, you know, one in particular bird, I don't know if it's the same bird every time, but one at a time, I'll see these birds fly up and start batting their, you know, their wings and, and pecking and stuff, and then fly to a different car door uh, window or, or, and, and kind of sit on the ledge and look in the mirror and tap at it, and, and, and the same thing over and over, and it'll do this to, like, all the cars in our area. And, I mean, it's fun to watch. It looks a little stressful. I mean, what it, what it seems like to me is that uh, this bird is kind of freaking out. At first, I thought it was just it sort of preening and and uh, and being curious with itself. And I started to think of it more. Why, why would it do that? <laughs> why would it expend that kind of energy? So I looked into it a little bit, and it turns out that, especially in the springtime, male cardinals will attack any other cardinal, any other male cardinals that they see. The reason they do that is to try and sort of carve out a territory for themselves. So this cardinal, every morning, is flying around, checking its territory out, and it comes up to this mirror, and it sees, oh, there's another cardinal here, and it starts attacking it. And then it, it flies away because it can't, it can't finish the job. It can't, get this, it can't get this cardinal away, so it flies away for a second, and it comes back, and it does the same thing. And then it goes to another mirror, it does the same thing, and it's like trying to defend its territory against these encroaching other male cardinals that don't exist. Because it's in it's in the cardinal's nature to do that. But it doesn't really get it. it doesn't understand the full story. The full story is that it's not operating in nature anymore. It's operating outside of nature. It's operating in a kind of nature that we've manufactured with our neighborhoods and cars and all these things that, that don't, don't fit into the 
uh, into the history of the cardinal. And so the result is this just super worn-out cardinal. So first thing every day, it exerts all its energy on something entirely false, you know, a threat that doesn't actually exist. It's, it's like it's its own threat, and, and, it, and it, it manifests physically because it wears this bird out, and it actually makes it more vulnerable. So it's attacking itself, it's wearing itself out, it's this cycle that, that could lead to another male cardinal actually encroaching on their territory, actually taking over their territory, because they spent all their time worrying about something that didn't exist. And it got me thinking, I was, I was watching this happen this morning, and, you know, short of sort of taping off our... our our mirrors every night, uh, there's not really a ton that we can do to stop it. And that kind of bummed me out to think about, but it also made me wonder, where am I focusing my time and energy? And what results do I think that I'm getting versus what am I actually getting? And that's a hard thing to parse out because... I'm the kind of person that really likes to go and move and and push. And so it's easy for me to tell myself that I'm pushing hard for a goal and that the results that I'm going to get out of that goal are because of that hard work and that I must be going down the right path because it is hard and it is difficult. And a lot of times I'm not totally sure that that's true. Maybe it is, but I don't know because... Like that cardinal, sometimes I think I'm operating in a structure that's so different than the one that I think I'm in. I, I'm attacking this goal, so to speak, but the goal doesn't exist, or the goal is vastly different than what I think it is. And so the results that I get are necessarily going to be, going to be different. They're going to they're gonna shift. It doesn't mean that they're going to be bad, but they're going to be different. And it... it begs the question of like, do I need to be focusing on certain, certain outcomes or certain results? Or do I just need to be focusing on the process? Because if that cardinal looked at that process and said, you know, well, this is just a reflection. If it could really see that, if it could, if it could understand that, which I understand it can't, it never could. But if it could, that would reframe everything. It would no longer be exerting that effort in places that it didn't need to be. So where have I been exerting efforts in places I don't need to be? And I can think of a whole bunch of them over the years, but I suppose I think it's just incumbent upon all of us to ask ourselves, where are we exerting effort where we don't need to be? And you can call this the 80-20 rule, you know, where, you know, you get 80% uh, of of your outcome from 20% of your efforts. I don't know if it's really that that I'm saying. Uh, I'm really just saying uh, know where your results are coming from and know where you're pushing towards. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's cardinals. Okay, and in the vein of the cardinal attacking the mirror, uh, the next thing I've really been thinking about a lot is failure being a failure, what it means to be a failure, uh, how we can frame failure more honestly and accurately in our lives. So 
Failure is not something that feels good. It's something that kind of sucks. Uh, and it's something that I think overall we are pretty polarized in how we handle it. You know, I see failure completely ruin people, completely break them down and immobilize them on one side. And on the other side, I see people take failure with such stride uh, and in a way that they immediately make it a learning experience. And on the surface, one of those sounds a lot better than the other. And um, maybe experientially, that's the case uh, as well. But I do think that we need to reestablish what failure means a little bit. And I think we need to be a little bit slower in our approach to one side or the other. You know, I've failed a lot in my life, and I think all of us have. And uh, in saying that, immediately people prickle up a little. You know, if you say that you've, you know, you failed at something, right away people want to tell you why that's not true. You gave it your best effort. You know, you tried, you tried your hardest. Uh, think of how far you've come because of that. Think of the things you've learned. Yes, all true. Great but also you failed. And that's important not to run away from. It's important to sit in that discomfort. I think that our capacity to sit within the discomfort of failure is what allows us to then fully embrace it and transmute it and change it and turn it into something that works for us. But I think too often we rush through that and just look for the the learning experience. So, for example, I had a really hard situation this past year where I, I had a business that, that shut down. It, it, it failed. I had a business that failed. And in saying that to people and describing the story of what happened, uh, it's, it's very, very quickly people will point out like, well, look, here's what you accomplished. You wanted to do this and you did it. Um, maybe the outcome wasn't exactly what you expected, but if you look at your results, then you'll know that, hey, you accomplished what you wanted to. And that's a nice thing to say. But it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that failure existed within that. And I have been one of those people too, where right away I want to tell people, well, look at all these ways that you have improved because of that failure. And yeah, it's great. That's true. But you also failed. And you have to be able to sit in your failure. And the reason you have to be able to sit in your failure is because if you so quickly run towards the, the learning outcomes or the moral of the story, then I don't think you have the time. You haven't given the time for you to fully embrace that failure. And therefore, any kind of learning outcome will be short lived. You have to sit in that failure for a while. You have to be uncomfortable with it. You have to kind of hate it a little bit and, and, and be upset by it. And that's not something that we leave a lot of room for. I actually don't think we leave room for negative emotions in our society much at all. You know, we, we tell people uh, that we're always doing great or good or whatever. You know, it's very rare that we just accept that we're, that we're not doing great. And by accepting that, people also immediately feel like they need to comfort us. And I suppose what I would encourage everyone to do is to sit in that failure for a little bit. 
sit in that discomfort. So I lost this business. People wanted to tell me, oh, but look at all these great things you accomplished. But that didn't take away the fact that I no longer had the business. And so to say like you didn't fail would be completely disingenuous. I did fail. The business no longer exists. The goal of the business was to exist and to do well and be profitable. And sure, maybe the situations and circumstances that led to this business closing were outside of my control, but it doesn't change the reality. So I sat with it and I let myself be angry about it for a while and I let myself be sad about it for a while. And I let myself be confused about it for a while and be self-righteous and, and all the feelings that I had to have about it. I didn't let those things consume me. I think I let those things in. I let them sit down, have a cup of tea with me and, and share themselves. And I, I moved on. And when I say moved on, I don't mean I forgot about them, but I, I, I just, I, I let them come to their natural end. And I'm, I'm thankful that they did come to a natural end for me. I don't feel like I'm in that place anymore. But if I hadn't given that room, who knows when it would have manifested. And it, it still crops its head up from time to time. Imagine if, if I hadn't given, given respect to that feeling of failure when it happened, how would that be manifesting in my relationships now, even more so than it is, and, and way worse? So... Reframing your failure instantly as a learning experience, I think, is a bit of a double-edged sword. It doesn't leave space for you to grieve that failure uh, because you're so busy focusing on the outcome of, of the failure and the outcome beyond just it being a failure. And sometimes things are just failures. You can probably learn from almost any experience, but some things are just failures. And and you just have to put a bit of a period on that sentence and move on. Grieve with them when they need to be grieved. Don't always look for that learning experience if it's not there. Don't, don't force yourself to learn from something that just doesn't feel like there's anything for you to learn from it. Because I would bet that eventually you'll see that that's not the case. You'll see that there is something to learn from it. But if you don't give it that time, that gestation period, it doesn't ring true to you. So you can say to yourself, yeah, yeah, I know, I learned a lot, I learned how to do this, I learned how to do that, blah, blah, blah. But it's going to still kind of piss you off. So how do you rectify that? One of the things that I started doing in order to make this easier for myself is I started outlining my failures. This process sucks, by the way. So I'll take you through how I do it and how uncomfortable it is will be very clear uh, just listening to the idea of it, let alone trying it out. So what do I do? I take stock of my failures. The first thing I did when I tried this exercise was I looked back on what my sort of earliest failure was. And by earliest failure, I mean, when can I go back and see that I didn't accomplish something that I wanted to accomplish? What was it? So for me, it was looking back I was on the, oh, I would have been like six or seven years old, and I was on a baseball team, and I remember not catching a fly ball, and it hit the ground like right beside me. I was bad at baseball. I'm still bad at baseball. I'm assuming I haven't played since, I don't know, I was 13, but I was definitely bad then, 
<laughs> so this fly ball is coming and I miss it and everyone's a little bit upset, but we're all like seven years old. So we're actually not that upset. I think probably the parents were more, more upset. You know, there's always that one dad that seems a little more into it than everybody else, uh, even at that age. But I do remember feeling like I, like I lost the game for us. I remember feeling like I didn't do well and that I had failed. Because we're taught, we're taught that competition and winning is what's most important. And I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying that's, that's how we're, that's how we're thought to think about a game like that. And so I felt like I had failed. So I look back at that earliest failure and I think about what, what about it was a failure? How did it make me feel at the time? And, and then I look at, okay, think of another failure from early on. Think of a third or a fourth, start, start adding up little failures. And you're going to start to feel like a failure when you do this. And that's kind of part of the point. And it's going to be uncomfortable. So make sure you're in a decent mental headspace when you go to do something like this. The idea, though, is really just start adding up some failures in your head. They don't have to be they don't have to be super intense. You know, you don't have to think of like, you know, oh, I let down my family like this or something. It can just be little things like that baseball game. The point is we fail a lot more than we think we do. Even for us who are quite aware of our failures, there's a lot of times when we create expectations uh, for ourselves and we don't we don't hit them. And I am somebody who really likes to pride myself on the fact that I accomplish my goals, on the fact that I do what I say I'm going to do. So when I start to take stock in all this and it's like pretty clear, like, hey, no, you're not doing what you're saying you're going to do. You're not accomplishing your goals nearly as much as you think you are. First, it sucks. And then it's very freeing because it makes you realize that these goals that you set or these things you want to accomplish, more often than not, they're setting you up for failure. And that's okay. It's okay to fail because you're going to fail more than you're going to accomplish something. So the next step in this, that's just to get you into kind of the headspace of, okay, here's all the ways I've failed. Here's why that failure isn't the worst thing in the world. And here's, uh, you know, here's just the way it is. So next, I look at a specific failure, one that's more recent, one I'm working on. Let's go with a few weeks ago, I was doing a long run. I was trying to run 35K. It was a really hot day, and I started to, around 30K, I started to feel it. And I I just, in running terms, I essentially like bonked. I ran out of, I ran out of glycogen stores. I wasn't eating enough, and I wasn't drinking enough. Uh, in order to uh, allow my body to facilitate running more. So I write down, DNF, did not finish. Great. Next question I ask myself is, what would I change about that situation? And what would I make stay the same? So would I actually change it? Would I say, yeah, I wish I had accomplished that that goal? In this case, it's pretty clear cut. Yeah, I do wish I had finished that run. It, it was lame to cut at 33 and walk the last two. That sucked. So yeah, I would change that what about it would stay the same? Well, I did have a pretty good first start to my run and I actually set myself up really well for a win that day uh, at the beginning. I started well, so there's nothing I would necessarily change about that. 
And then I can go into the list of here's what I would change. Here's, you know, here's what I would, you know, what I would do differently about the way I ran, about the way I fuel, blah, blah, blah. And this is where this next point is really important. Did you actually learn anything? And if you did, write it down. Physically write it down. Write down, here's what I learned. I learned that I need to do this, this, and this to set myself up for success the next time. Or I learned this is not a goal for me. Being able to cut a goal if it's no longer working for you is, is an important skill to have. And this doesn't mean cutting them early. It doesn't mean uh, deciding this is too tough, so I'm just not going to do it. It means being really honest with yourself about, hey, this is a goal that just just doesn't really matter to me as much as I thought it did. And I've had those for sure. You know, I, I hit up uh, Craig, my trainer, for, for advice on stuff all the time because I get an inkling that it seems interesting. And then I start going down the road and I realize like, you know what, this just, this doesn't matter to me. I'm not interested in this. And giving myself that space to be able to explore it a little bit and then realize, no, this isn't for me. That's, that's really important. And so would you actually try and accomplish this goal again? What did you learn? Write it down. And then finally, what you're going to do is really just look at all of it and write down whether or not you're actually any better for it. This is the part where you want to start quantifying, qualifying things. So looking at them and saying, okay, what do I know now about this goal that I didn't know before? What can I do to implement changes in order to accomplish this goal if I decide this is a goal that I do want to go ahead and accomplish. And then you have to go live that, right? And that that's obviously the most difficult part. Actually living out this goal that you set for yourself is going to be a very difficult task if it is a big goal. If it's a small goal, maybe, maybe it's a little more accessible. So for me in this example, I know it's a kind of lame one because it's not super emotional or heavy or intense but this long run not finishing it properly so what am I going to do well I know that I need to start fueling myself before I feel like I need it I always have a tendency to tell myself I can do more and so even though I know that every 30 to 45 minutes I need to be taking in some kind of fuel whether that's like running gels or or um you know chews or or or, or whole foods and water and electrolytes and all that stuff. I know that I need that every 30 to 45 minutes. What I'll tell myself is like, ah, eh, just push it to the hour because the hour is a clean number. And, you know, or like, oh, you're, you're only 1K away. You can last another five minutes. And though that might be true once, if you do that enough times in a single, in a single run, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And so, I try and go through that process and say, okay, what are these things that I did poorly? How can I change them? How can I improve from them? What did I learn from them? But before all that happens, before this whole outline happens, you have to sit in that discomfort. So I had to be bummed out a little bit because if I wasn't, if I didn't care that I didn't finish, then I wouldn't move forward to accomplish anything. So I guess what I'm saying is you fail all the time. So do I. Maybe I fail more than you. Maybe you fail more than me. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The point is, if you're going to fail, let yourself actually fail. Let yourself feel what the failure is like. Let yourself understand how that failure affected you 
and then, and only then, move. And not necessarily move forward, just move. Like, let it, let that compel you to, to make a difference. And that might mean abandoning it. And I'm not an advocate necessarily for people abandoning their goals, but sometimes that's just the right move. And that's because sometimes we've told ourselves that we have a goal that we want to accomplish that isn't really our goal. You know, a great example of that is when when kids feel the pressure to be something because their parents want them to be. So a kid decides, I have to be an engineer because my dad's an engineer and he wants me to be an engineer, and I know that. So, you know, they've done so much for me and I want to live up to their expectations, so I need to be an engineer. I mean, maybe you'll become an engineer, but even if you accomplish that, you're probably going to feel like you failed yourself in some way deep down because you haven't listened to what's, what's true and honest for you. So even though I think doing the work to accomplish our goals is incredibly important. I also think we need to recognize when those goals are no longer working for us and just kind of accept that like, if we're running down that road, chasing this goal, looking for these results, uh, but we don't understand the context of why we want them and we don't understand the context of whether those are, are realistic, then, I mean, we're like the cardinal attacking the mirror. You know, we're, we think we're accomplishing something, but we're actually not. And we're just tiring ourselves out and we're making it more difficult for us to accomplish other goals. So by abandoning the goals that don't matter to us as much or the goals that are not realistic for the, you know, just for the realities of, of the world that we personally live in, we're actually creating more room for ourselves to, to accomplish the goals that we want. And accomplish doesn't mean the same thing as like, you know, achieving. So accomplishing the goals to me would be, I put in all the effort I could to, to meet the criteria that would make this a success. And maybe you did it and maybe you didn't, but you put in all the effort, you listened to what, you know, you honestly needed to do and what honestly worked for you. And you had an outcome. Achieving the goal would be, you know, hitting that 35k mark or what or whatever that had to be for you on that day or or if you have a, a greater goal achieving it is great but accomplishing you know the actions that lead you to to an outcome that you can be happy with are, uh, is is a very different thing and it's very relative so that's a bit of a confusing notion and if it doesn't totally make sense i would say just sit with that for a little bit and say can i accomplish all the things that I wanted to accomplish because of this goal without achieving the outcome that I desired. So all the things that I want out of being able to, you know, run a successful business, can I get all those without the business being a success? Uh, because the actual result of say, I don't know, I keep, running keeps coming to my mind because that's what I think about all the time right now. Let's say you're, you're, you're hoping to get first in a marathon. And getting first in a marathon, in your eyes, means running at a certain pace. And if you are able to hit that pace, that would be you know, a huge achievement and you would win that marathon. And then somebody walks in who hits a pace 
couple seconds faster than you that adds up over time they end up finishing before you and they get first so you've gotten second so you haven't you haven't won the marathon but if you hit the time you were shooting for and if that's enough for you if that's the achievement if that's the actual achievement that number then you've accomplished a lot of what you set out to accomplish without achieving the goal as you had written it and so in the example of my business, if if I had written down my goal that I had wanted, it would probably somewhere in there be that the business was operational for more than four months. But if I look at what I wanted to accomplish out of that, I wanted to create a great community. I wanted to serve whole food, plant-based meals. I wanted to create a space that people could feel comfortable in. And I wanted to see if there were other people that cared about those things as much as I did. And insofar as that is my criteria for success, those things were achieved. Those things were accomplished. The, uh, you know, the short answer goal of running a successful business was not, but all the things within it were achieved. And so all those people who immediately wanted to say to me, oh, but look at all these, all these great outcomes from it, they're, they're right. And that's, that's huge. Uh, but was I in a place where I could hear that? I don't know. It's hard to say. What I do know is that internalizing what those people said to me at that time was very difficult because I needed to first take some time to sit with that failure. I needed to ask myself if that failure was or was not a bad thing. I needed to have the space to slowly reframe that failure as a learning experience and the only way i could do that was was with that time and with that space so you're a failure i'm a failure we're all failures let's learn how to fail in the way that works best for us cool we're going to leave it at that for the today thank you so much for listening if you can you know like comment subscribe rate review all those things that help out uh that would be really cool i've been really um i've been so appreciative of the people who have reached out to tell me they've listened the people who have told me that you know whether it was the interview i did with craig last week or it was uh, my thoughts on my eating disorder uh, people reaching out to say that those things affected them and hopefully in a positive way maybe not all the way but certainly wrote, uh, you know brought up some questions for them and and made them feel feel some things and access some things that maybe they they weren't letting themselves access it's been a beautiful thing to hear those so thank you and um, I will do my best to keep talking about things that I think are valuable okay thanks so much homies uh, have a lovely day evening morning wherever you're at om ham hanumatim namaha peace homies Bye.